Hello, Phantomorphs. Ooh, weird, right? I'm up here at the start instead of at the end of the episode. Uh, it's because I have important announcements today regarding this podcast that I want to make sure y'all hear. Uh, apparently, mm, some, some of my episodes are, are getting cut off early somehow. Uh, uh, specifically last episode, um, I guess my end show notes just aren't there for some reason. And, uh, apparently episode 10, way back there in 2017, uh, we're missing a chapter somehow. Um, at least specifically in this, in last week's episode, I have the audio file and I know it's the proper length when I uploaded it. So I don't know what happened there. I've reached out to Podbean, my host, and um, hopefully they can resolve it for me. If not, I'll have to re-upload that, and um, I'll figure something out about Chapter 10. I don't have that audio anymore. Not really. But uh, also, that stuff, wow. Uh, listening back to it is not the same. I have improved a lot in both my delivery and my audio quality. So I might just go back and re-record those books, um, you know, when we're done with this grand grand adventure of recording all of these um but that's for one day probably long in the future anyway uh that's all i wanted to say that i'm aware of these issues i'm working to resolve them you may see some weird updates if i re-upload the audio i don't know if that will bump it in the queue or not but um i am aware i just wanted to let everyone know uh so thank you and enjoy this episode i'm probably not going to put anything in the back half of this so um yeah see you all next week Whose weapon is his word? He will slay you with his tongue. Chapter 9 What? I wish to defect. I am interested in joining the Yurks. I would like to become a controller. Do you have any information on membership? Is there a fee? A dozen weapons were leveled at me. From behind me, at the end of the hall, I heard other human voices. What is going on around this place? Is that a horse? Look at the eyes on its head. Where's security? The leader of the controllers made a snap decision. He hustled me out of the hallway and into the room where Hewlett Odoshot the third was sleeping his comatose sleep. The room was small, too small for all the guards. There were only five of them now. Much better odds. You wish to join us? One of the controllers asked dubiously. Actually, no, I said regretfully. Flap! I struck and the nearest guard leapt back, plowing into his men. I had about half a second before they'd recover and shoot. Flap! Crash! I shattered the window with my tail blade. Here's a trick I learned from Visor 3! I yelled. I ran three steps, ducked my upper body, flattened my stock eyes, tucked my legs, and flew through the shattered window. Down I fell. Ah! Too far. Way too far, but better than getting shot. The windows open, Prince Jake, I cried. And the controllers are... Wham! Crunch! Distracted. 
I landed in a bush that cushioned some of my fall, but also tripped me. I rolled and tried to scramble up, but then realized, as ridiculous as it seemed, that I was trapped inside the prickly, clawing branches of the bush. The guards were firing from the window. Bullets tore the branches and slammed into the damp soil all around me. Human weapons operate on a principle of exploding gases that drive a solid metal pellet along a tube. The tube acts to spin the bullet, thus improving accuracy. It's no York Dracon beam or Endolite shredder, but it does a very good job of blowing large, messy holes in you. I needed to get small. Small enough to get away. I began to morph the mosquito. We're in! I heard Prince Jake say. Axe, are you okay? We think we hear gunshots, but our hearing in these morphs is fuzzy. You are correct. You are hearing gunfire. I said tersely. Are you okay? Tobias asked. Not really, but I hope to be soon. If I live that long, I added silently. I was shrinking rapidly, and now there were sirens wailing at a distance, coming closer. Police! I heard a human voice cry from above. We can't get arrested. If we let the Andalite escape, we'll get worse than arrested. Keep shooting! I can't see what I'm shooting at. The bushes. And it's all in shadow. I was shrinking faster. Leaves that had seemed quite small now were as big as my face. Branches that were all twisted and tiny were growing larger. Larger. They no longer trapped me. I could have walked out of the bush, except for the fact that my legs were dwindling even faster than the rest of me. Someday, Andalite scientists will find a way to make the morphing technology totally predictable and logical. But for now, it is often erratic, weird, and totally illogical, especially when morphing bizarre earth animals. My hind legs had finished shrinking when they were still as big as an earth cat's legs. Then they began to reverse and grow again. My hind legs thinned, becoming mere sticks, but their length became ridiculous, longer than the rest of me altogether. My front legs became somewhat shorter stick legs, and a third pair grew from my arms. I was no longer on all fours. I was on all sixes. I was standing on insect legs, yet most of my body was still andalite. A very small andalite, but far too large to move around on insect legs. My stock eyes crawled forward across my head, down to a point just above my main eyes. They began to extrude. They grew like some horrible, fast-sprouting tree. A long, bare stick that then sprouted new branches. Short, stunted, twisted branches. Bulging round pods popped from my head at the base of these hairy sticks, these antennae, and began to move them around. My main eyes were still functioning, but from the antennae I received a whole onslaught of new sensory input. Temperature, wind direction, sound waves from the rustling leaves, from the mutty, far-off voices, and sharp, disturbing sounds from the explosions of gunpowder and the impact thud of massive bullets all around me. I was no longer worried much about the bullets. 
I was too small to hit except by the most amazingly unlucky shot. I was less than an inch long and getting smaller. The dirt looked like a field strewn with boulders. The trunks of the bushes sprouting up from the ground were thicker and taller than any tree on Earth or my planet. My nostril slits closed and began to twist and push outward. Two stubby hairy pulps appeared, and these immediately began feeding an entirely new set of data to my brain. Smell, but not smell as an antelite or human knows it. This was specific, targeted, directed smell. It wasn't smell that waits passively for whatever comes along. The palps were searching the molecules of the breeze, sampling, looking, hungry. Gossamer wings rose from the melting flesh on my back. My body pinched into three distinct segments, a tiny head, a muscular thorax, and a swollen, vast abdomen. Overlapping armored plates clanked down the bottom of my abdomen. And yet, through all this, a tiny shrunken version of my andalite main eyes continued to function. I wish they hadn't. I wished I never had to see what happened next. From my chin, from the place where a human would have had a mouth, it grew. A spear. A needle. Impossibly long. On the end were tiny serrated teeth, almost like the teeth of a saw. Inside the spear it was hollow. It was a straw. A tube for sucking blood. A retractable sheath grew along with the spear. A sheath that would help keep the needle sharp. Blood. That was my goal. That was my hunger. Blood. I fired my gossamer wings and rose, unsteady and wild, upward, upward to where my palps had located the scent they sought. The sweet scent of exhaled animal breath. The guidepost that pointed the way to food. Chapter 10 that's when my eyes stopped working. I was blind for a few seconds as the morph completed. I shrink some more, and suddenly, from my forehead, popped two bulging compound eyes. Through them, I saw a vision of reality shattered into thousands of tiny pictures. Thousands of tiny pictures, each different from the next, each a fragment of distorted light and eerie colors and nightmarish swirls of energy. I never lost control of the morph. I mean, I never forgot who I was, or what I was, as sometimes happens in a morph you're doing for the first time. So it wasn't that I lost my mind. It was simply that the hunger of the mosquito was so great, so powerful, so totally clear and forceful, that I felt myself going along with it, accepting it. I was flying, and knowing who I was, and yet... As the mosquito's instincts cried, Blood! Blood! I answered, Yes! Yes! Mosquitoes do not fly with the speed and acrobatic genius of a fly, or with the precision and power of a bird. They fly wildly, blown by chance breezes. The legs dangle long and drag at the air. The wings are underpowered, but the mosquito gets where it's going. It seems a harmless insect when you see it. But I have done some research. Mosquitoes transmit bacteria, viruses, and parasites. They carry the diseases, 
encephalitis, yellow fever, and malaria. Malaria alone kills 2 million humans each year. Mosquitoes are the greatest mass murderers on planet Earth. Ox! Ox! Talk to me! Prince Jake called, and I realized suddenly that he'd been yelling for some time. I am fine, I said. I have morphed to mosquito. Good, he said. Look, I know what you're feeling right now. Don't fight it. The hunger stops once you bite. Follow the smell, Cassie said. That's carbon dioxide your palps are smelling. It comes off animals, including humans. Go for it. I rose, hungry, to the open window. But there, I was confused. There were many warm, carbon dioxide-emitting creatures. The one I was looking for was lying down. Lying still. I focused on the mosquito senses. I struggled to put together the sound waves from my antennae, the smell of carbon dioxide from my palps, and the shattered, lurid view through my compound eyes. Huge, huge, vast beyond imagining, stretched my target. Hundreds of times my length, millions of times my weight. Hewlett Aldershot III lay prone, oozing attractive aromas. I fluttered on gossamer wings and landed. I was on a rough, uneven surface. There were bumps and ridges of warm pink flush. Here and there, like lone trees scattered on a dry plain, hairs rose like curved spears from the flesh. The flush was alive. It moved slightly, causing me to rise and fall. The human was breathing. But more fascinating than the slow rise and fall of breath was the thump, thump, thump of a drumbeat beneath my feet. A pulse. The beating pulse of blood rushing through arteries and veins. And then... Chapter 11 There was a distinct popping sound, and suddenly, instantly, I was no longer a mosquito tapping into a human's vein. I was in space. White, empty, zero space. What? What? Z-space? I cried. Maybe not the most brilliant comment, but I was confused. I kicked my legs instinctively. My andalite legs. I was back in my own body, but there was nothing to kick against. I felt no sensation of movement. No air was rushing over me. Already the lack of oxygen was beginning to cloud my brain. My eyes were going blind. My limbs were numb. Zero space. It was impossible. And yet, here I was. I looked around frantically. I turned my stock eyes in every direction. I saw my own body, inside and out, an n-dimensional jigsaw puzzle, twisted so that I could see inside my own body. And there, to one side of me, were four human bodies, spread out in the same way, weird cross-sections. I saw Prince Jake's face, but also his beating heart, and the muscle tissues of his legs, and the inside of his brain. The same with the others. They were all writhing in agony. And there was one bird, very still. Prince Jake! Tobias! I cried. But of course, they couldn't answer.
There was no air to carry their mouth sounds. There was nothing, not even the few stray atoms and molecules that float free in regular space. There were no stars or planets. Nothing exists in zero space. I happened to catch sight of a silvery graceful creation, perhaps half a mile away. A ship! As with the bodies, I saw the inside and outside of the ship, all in one picture. I could see distorted individuals inside, going about their duties. But even mind-numb and gaping at a confused nightmare vision, I knew what sort of creatures they were. Andalites! It was an Andalite ship! Its zero-space engines burned brightly, but it was not moving away. It hit me in a flash. I knew what had happened. As any Andalite knows, when you morph something much smaller than your own body, the excess mass is extruded into zero space. It hangs there, a wad of randomly arranged matter. Or at least that was the theory. There was nothing random here. Because we were outside of normal three-dimensional space, I could see the insides of everything and everyone. But the bodies were still definitely human and Andalite bodies. They were not just random globs. Once, some time ago, I explained to my human friends about excess mass being pushed into zero space. They asked whether some ship traveling through zero space might not hit these matter bubbles. I'd laughed. After all, the odds were... Well, obviously, it now seemed the odds were pretty good. The Andalite ship had come too close and had pulled us into its magnetic field. It was now dragging us in its wake as it blasted through Z-space. Aboard the Andalite ship! I cried with all the power I could still muster. Andalite ship! Andalite ship! We're trapped in your wake and dying! Help! Andalite ship! Help! The energy it took to cry out sapped my remaining strength. There was no air. I could literally see my own lungs collapsing inside me. I could see my hearts frantically beating, trying to keep me alive. But now the hearts were slowing. Slowing. Andalite ship! Help! Help! I cried. Help! I can't describe the pain of seeing my own fellow Andalites so close. The first Andalites I'd seen in so, so long. But of course, they couldn't see me. Inside the ship, they preserved normal three-dimensional space. The Andalites in the ship only saw bulkheads and decks about them. And then I literally saw, as though I was standing outside myself, the last beats of my heart. I saw the blood flow in my brain slow and stop. I knew I was going to die. I was going to die within sight of my own people. Die. My consciousness went dark. And then, suddenly, I wasn't dead. I wasn't spread out in multiple dimensions. I was in one piece, alive, and lying on my side, on a shaped table that adjusted gently to hold my tail and legs comfortably. What? I said for no particular reason. I don't think what is the question, an Andalite voice said. I think why and how, and especially who, are the questions. I turned my stock eyes, and there, standing beside me, were three Andalite warriors 